Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy Reggie Watkins. You're listening to I'm Probably Right. Kevin Cleland, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Reggie, doing good. That's my man, Kevin Cleland, running the boards, engineering, producing the show. And this week, we are back with the Blue Check Diaries. And I got my man right here, Bradley Kaya, in the building. What's up, Brad? Another much. It's another day in the neighborhood of uh, Southern California, yes, North, Hol- North Hollywood. Yes, sir. It's a great see, day outside. I see you with your USC sweat, yes. uh, your long my, sleeve. My, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm covering the arms up, covering the guns up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want y'all to inter- I want to introduce Bradley to y'all um, because now tell people how we came across each other. Yeah. So I mean. Obviously, I've seen things that you've been in. Mm-hmm. I've seen you in shows. Okay. I think you were in uh, you were in the Rookie. Yeah, right yeah, before. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, I've seen you in a lot of different shows. I didn't die. Um, and I, I also... didn't die. <laughs> okay, I stayed alive. And obviously, Call of Duty. Yeah, you know, I grew up Call of Duty. I, mean, I feel like Call of Duty has influenced so many things in my life. Yeah, uh, good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So um, what happened was we were on. It was just through Instagram, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was blue checks, blue right? Checks. All of a sudden, right? I got it. I saw a comment from. From this dude, and I was like, "Oh, should I know that name, Brad Kaya?" And then I thought, University of Miami, mm-hmm. quarterback from University of Miami, um, high school prep player. I mean, yo, you were Crespi you were, you were one of the right? Crespi. Yeah. My son went to mm-hmm. Crespi for a little bit. You were Crespi man, and then you went to Chaminade, mm-hmm. powerhouse football team, right? When did you graduate high school? 2014. 2014, man. I'm old I left as early, hell. though. I'm old as hell. Hold on. <laughs> how, you left early. How did you leave early? So uh, it was a really weird circumstance to where Miami, uh, the starting quarterback, blew his knee out in the spring game. And who was that? Ryan Williams. Okay. He was fifth-year senior. Okay. And uh, Chaminade had never, because it's a Catholic school, it's really hard setting the rules there. They had never let anyone ever leave early. But the Miami coaches, like, stood on the table and demanded, we needed him to get here now. I had just been... Getting fat and eating chips and <laughs> drinking in my my second semester senior year, so I was like, I'm not ready for this. Yeah, They're like we need you here now. We're in the playbook. Get ready. So I actually left a couple, a few months early. Wow. Like a, right into the early part of my senior, my second semester senior year. Wow, man. And I was in Miami all of a sudden, like boom, like I'm here. Yeah. So hold on, I want to <laughs> I want to get back to yeah. to that whole mm-hmm. recruiting process. But before we go there, so what was your process of you know being a youngster growing up in Southern mm-hmm. Cali? Yeah. Yeah. Growing up in Southern Cali. Um, was football always your sport that you mm-hmm. you wanted to play, or was there anything else you did that you thought you might do? I mean, I, I, Los Angeles, there's so many things yeah, going yeah. on to do here. Um, but like foot, football, baseball, of course, those, mm-hmm. those are like like my two sports growing up. I loved baseball for a while, but I blew my knee out in high school uh, in eighth grade. Oh damn! And I took a year off of baseball, and I didn't hit. So I got to Crespi. I, I tried to do both sports. Yeah. And I just I couldn't time it up because it was like going from seventh grade baseball to high school baseball was just like dude a twenty mile per hour difference in fastballs and curveballs and you know. dude I swear I think I've told this story <laughs> mm-hmm. before on this show but I I tried to play I played baseball like uh, pony league right when okay, I was, when right. I was younger mm-hmm. um, what did you play what position I was first base and outfield okay. right I just toggled right. between two I was a young dude right mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I just stuck with football. All the way through high school, mm-hmm. I came out my senior year of high school, and the coach—I was a quarterback in high school mm-hmm. as well—and the coach was like, "Yo, you should come, you know, try to play baseball. See if you can throw the football, throw, throw the baseball." I went out there, and them dudes were zipping that ball mm-hmm. so fast. I was so scared, like I couldn't get the glove up <laughs> uh-huh. quick enough. Like right. it's such a learning curve mm-hmm. year to year, and you right. see, like hell, you talking about hitting, like 
that those dudes from seventh to eighth grade get a lot more speed. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's eighth grade to ninth grade, right. it's a big difference. Yeah, as compared to like eighteen and nineteen, whereas you're probably you're almost grown now. Exactly. In college, but but uh, freshman in high school, career to eighth grade, seventh grade, that's like exponentially difference, uh, exponentially difference in growth and yeah, yeah, in maturity, yeah, yeah. And so you yeah. grew up where in the valley? Were you around here? I lived all over L.A. Okay, um, downtown. I lived in South Central for a little bit. I lived obviously in Encino near Crespi, um, Woodland Hills. My parents actually had to move to get me eligible to be for a CIF when I went from Crespi to Chaminade. Wow. Now you can just go like free agency and just yeah. sign on to a new school every year. But yeah. back then we actually had to move and find a like a CIF house, like like a you know, a rent a house wow. in the West Valley. Wow. Um so I lived all over the valley. But yeah, I mean obviously grew up playing prep yeah. CIF sports and the whole deal. Dope, man. And so it's, it's like a cult almost. It's like Southern California bubble yeah. of sports. It's And I don't think yeah. Southern California gets enough credit as being mm-hmm. like, you know, Texas gets Friday night lights, right? right? And you mm-hmm. get Florida and, Florida and you know what I mean? Florida's Florida, the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> right? But California, mm-hmm. Southern Cali mm-hmm. has got a dope sports scene and a lot right. of dudes come out of here and ball, man. Right. Like Basketball and mm-hmm. football, and we just and baseball. Right. baseball Hell, too. baseball's a pipeline, right? right? Giancarlo Stanton, right? Is right. he with Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's just mm-hmm. a ton of dope cats that come out of here, and I don't think Cali gets enough respect. No. But damn it, we gonna change that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, what I do want people to know that I didn't even know, I had to look this up. Mm-hmm. If y'all ever heard the term "by Felicia," you know he laughing right now. When you hear the term "by Felicia." You're talking about his mom. Angela Means played Felicia in Friday. And the term by Felicia is your mom. How was that? How has that grown up and well, how has that been to this day? Well, like, here's the crazy part because you talk about L.A., the bubble that L.A. is. I didn't think it was that big a deal until I left L.A. to go to Miami. Yeah. Because in L.A., you drive down the street and you see Justin Bieber. You see Denzel Washington at yeah. the coffee shop. Yeah. But in Miami, people were like, oh, your mom was in a movie. You guys must be a, you must be a billionaire. <laughs> She had a cameo in a movie. You're on. Yeah, You're yeah, like, you don't need football. Yeah, it's yeah, like, no, yeah. well, no, it was a, it was a probably 10 minutes of, of exactly. screen time, right? <laughs> so I didn't realize it was a big deal until I actually, yeah, I, I left. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, so, <laughs> man. That's yeah. so crazy. I did not know mm-hmm. that until I looked that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doug, I would get props, though, because I really believe she was a crackhead when I watched that movie. <laughs> people, people actually think I'm Debo's son, <laughs> which is crazy. R.I.P. But yeah. yeah, 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 man, definitely. Right. Uh, Tiny Lister, man. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. But no, I was I was just watching that the other day. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I was in Vegas and we were watching that okay. movie. Just it was it came on right. and it's we were dying. On. So many dope performances, <laughs> mm-hmm. man. Chris Tucker is brilliant mm-hmm. in that damn movie. Your mom is brilliant. Everybody is mm-hmm. dope in that movie. And so I also saw that your dad. Um, what's your father's name? Sorry, man. He's also Bradley Kai. Bradley Kai Senior. Yeah. Uh, he is a film writer. Yeah. And he wrote. Mm-hmm. He he wrote one of my. He was a writer on one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. Oh. Oh right. Yeah, the we reimagining actually, of, of Othello. Right, right. Um, and we actually might have some in the in the works of a possible remake. Okay. Um, that me and him have been working on. Oh. You know, I can't go dive into the details of it too soon. Yeah. Yet, but yeah. Uh, possible reimagining, modernization that we've been. It's in the pipeline right now. Dad so we'll would see. be dope, man. Um, but he yeah. also wrote on uh, How High as well. Yeah, I saw that. You know, Cousin Skeeter. Yeah. Um, and he kind of took a break for it for a while. Yeah. But as I started getting into screenwriting, I actually majored in it at Miami. Okay. Got into my master's program at USC. A lot of, I've had a lot of different weird screenwriting jobs that have come about on my own free will, not even through him, my mom. Yeah. Just out here beating the pavement. Yeah. He's like it's kind of reignited that flame for him. Yeah. So it's been nice to see him get it going again and starting to work on things with me and yeah. co-write things and 
um, you know, it's 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 really exciting. Honestly, yeah, man, see them go that's at it again. that's so dope. So, so okay, so now let's mm-hmm. let's run it back yeah. to your to your high school. Right. Okay? Oh, yeah. So you're playing mm-hmm. football. You're high school quarterback. Were you always a quarterback, or did did it did that transition well, happen? A funny somewhere? story about that is. And Pop Warner, I played all positions because I was always the biggest kid. I was I was huge mm-hmm. compared to the other kids. And um, one year, I think I was eight or nine. I think I was nine. Our quarterback quit before okay. the playoffs, so the team had a vote, and they voted me quarterback because I could throw the ball the farthest. But I wanted <laughs> to play tight end. I wanted to black people and run corner routes and stuff like that. Yeah. I wanted to play defensive end and linebacker, but they voted me quarterback. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna stick with it. And then. Our team kind of we kind of carried over year by year. We tried to stay together, mm-hmm. and I just stuck with quarterback, you know, throughout the years. And eventually, I, I I feel like my generation was like the first generation that normalized the private training and the private coaching. Yeah, the specialization. Yeah. So I got a private quarterback coach. I got a couple of private quarterback coaches um, that trained me, and we refined my skills. And I got older, stronger, more mature. Um, I also had like a weird. I had a weird photographic memory growing up. Yeah. So I was able to memorize all the plays and, you know, all the installs and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just stuck with it throughout high school. And, yeah, it's it's yeah. led me to a lot of different strange situations in life. But <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You so know. so you go through, you ball at Chaminade, mm-hmm. um, ball out at Chaminade, and then you, you get, you're getting recruited. Mm-hmm. So you ended up going to the University of Miami. Yeah. But... Why did you choose Miami over? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure if Miami's recruiting you, right. you had to be recruiting. Who else was recruiting you highly? Well, obviously the hometown Trojans. Okay, UCLA, uh, a couple Pac-12s, mm-hmm. UW, Boise State. Um, there were some others like SEC ones that came around at the very end on yeah, some really yeah. kind of undercover, sketchy kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, get on this private jet the day before Saturday Day and come out here. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what yeah, what happened? Yeah, yeah. But um, no, Miami actually was my first scholarship offer. Really? Um, and I. I didn't. Well, I played a little bit as a sophomore. I uh, actually had to compete for my starting position once I transferred to Chaminade. It wasn't mm-hmm. a game. It wasn't a shoe in. Yeah. I didn't start my junior year until week four, actually week five against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I took off, and then it just took off from there. Yeah. But I didn't have all the hype and recognition that a lot of other guys had. So I was like USC and UCLA is like third or fourth option. Yeah. Um, but then I played well my senior year. Um, Coach Kiffin got fired, and the day after Coach Kiffin got fired, I got a scholarship offered to USC, which kind of makes sense now. Maybe that was, maybe that was the last gatekeeper yeah, keeping me from keeping uh, that somewhere. offer. But yeah. Coach Ogeron offered me a scholarship, uh, and Coach Helton the very next day. Mm-hmm. With rec- recruiting, once you get one, all the dominoes fall. Yeah. So UCLA came on the, the very next week. You know, UW, all these other schools came on. Um, and from there, it was like, oh, shit, like maybe I should – because I I had already committed to Miami. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I had second thoughts. Maybe – I mean, it's every kid's dream to play for USC, especially, especially if you grew up – Grew up here. When Reggie Bush was playing and Matt yeah, Leinart yeah. and Carson yeah. Palmer. Um, so I was like, maybe I should decommit, but I ended up sticking with my word. I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to be a man of my word and go and grow up and go somewhere new. Yeah. And not be another L.A. guy that goes to USC, be an L.A. guy that goes to Miami. <laughs> yeah. And how, I loved it. So how was so, so who was your coach though? Was it Shannon? No, it was uh Coach Gold. I had like three different head coaches. Oh damn! So years. you were right there in that super transition yeah. from Coach yeah, Golden, yeah. Coach Larry Scott, who's the head coach of Harvard now. He's yeah. a great great coach. Um, and then Coach Richt. Oh, okay, Mark Richt was at Georgia. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the three different coaches, three different offensive coordinators, all over the place. Yeah, it was fun though because it was like a, it was like I had to challenge myself every year and learn a new offense. Yeah, like every like. Four different offenses, it felt like. Yeah. 
And so, so you came in, and this is something I always, like, from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I always watched college ball. And my favorite mm-hmm. thing was to watch college ball and see who the f- true freshmen were right. that were starting, right? Mm-hmm. Because to me, that I always wanted to watch those dudes because I was like, okay, if those dudes are coming in as freshmen and playing, yeah. they going to the league, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be dope cats mm-hmm. in the league. So you came in as a true freshman yeah. and got to start, right? Mm-hmm. And you went three years, three different mm-hmm. coaches, and you left early. What was mm-hmm. your decision to leave er, leave school early? And, but but mm-hmm. before before I do that, how was it like living in Miami, though? I mean, I, I still I have a condo there still. You know? Okay, it's, Miami is beautiful. Miami, there's nothing like it. It's kind of turning into like this new finance and tech bubble, which yeah, is, yeah. it's kind of changing and gentrifying a little bit. Um, but Miami is, I mean, there's no place. It doesn't even feel like America. Yeah, it feels like a Caribbean port. Yeah, yeah. Know? And, and being a it, being though. a young college dude, right, quarterback mm-hmm. of the squad, right. I mean, was it just like carte blanche walking around right. the town? Was, I mean, everything was your oyster, right? Mm, no comment. Okay, yeah, let's keep it. We'll keep it. We'll keep it PG. We'll keep it PG, PG right? <laughs> we're there, we were there for football. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, exactly. main, the main thing was the main thing at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. No, I get um, it. I get it, man. We'll talk about it off off camera. But leaving bit. early, yeah. Uh, in regards to that, um, there were a lot of different different. Um, you know, circumstances, a lot, a lot of different factors. One of them being was just the fact that I knew I could get drafted no matter where, whether it was seventh round or second round, first round. I knew I, I would get drafted somewhere mm-hmm. after I got my grades back from the NFL. That like There's a scouting committee that, that gives you a projection yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah. Grades were all over the place, but I was like, at least I know I can get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because I had a lot of injuries that, that I was dealing with and Played, you know, my sophomore year, I got concussed. I, I got concussed. Uh, I got a sh- shoulder separation. I got a, I had a meniscus tear my last season. I had a uh, turf toe that was actually like a like a small fracture in my foot. I had all yeah. these things that, and I kind of had to keep keep quiet on them. Yeah, week to week. But I had all these different injuries. And I had a, I had a hip point, all kinds of weird injuries. And I was like, you know what? Like this this game isn't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It's not guaranteed. And Miami actually honors your scholarship no matter when you leave. That you can always come back and okay. finish your scholarship. That's dope. And I actually wanted to major in film, but because of the scheduled differences and practice, I couldn't major in film. I couldn't write scripts because I had to watch fi- my own film, yeah. Florida State or yeah, yeah. Georgia Tech, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so with that, I was able to actually come back and get the degree I wanted and actually finish for free, um, which obviously led to a lot of other opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, let me just seize the moment because, yeah, I could come back. I could play better. I could also play really crappy yeah um, and mess and up any kind of anything yeah. yeah exactly and football as we know is never a guarantee it's never nothing's ever a guarantee in any sport but especially football because yeah. the ball isn't round it's an oval yeah it bounces a lot of weird directions <laughs> yes yeah. and, and that leads to something <laughs> yeah. i've always i've always said um to me i think to me i mm-hmm. think football is the tough i think football and hockey are the mm-hmm. toughest sports to actually play yeah i think for football the mental toughness mm-hmm. is off the charts that right. you need to be able to play this game because it's like a metaphor for life to me. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hit. Right. You're going to fall down. Mm-hmm. Will you get back up? Right. And then when you get back up, you're going to get hit again. <laughs> How right. are you going to keep bouncing back mm-hmm. from that? And I think it's just a different mentality that cats that grew up playing football right. have than cats who play basketball or right. soccer or baseball. It's just a different kind of animal, and you just got to have a different mm-hmm. kind of toughness because 
It ain't promised. You're going right. to get hit. It's going to hurt. Yeah. Will you come back? It's like going to war each week. Yeah. Obviously, war is a whole different, a whole different animal. Yes. But it, in, in, a, in its own way, it's like you're going out there. I'm going out there knowing that guys who are 300 pounds or who are 100 pounds heavier than I am are probably going to, at some point, pile drive me into the turf, which hurts a lot more than grass. Yes. Everything is turf nowadays. And I'm going to have to get back up and still think and still think about what, you know, eight other, uh, 10 other guys have to do on every single play for now, nowadays, because everyone's so high tempo, for 120 more plays, I'm going to have to do that. Dude. So it's, it's unlike, obviously, baseball, it's hard to hit a ball, yeah. you know, it moves fast, it spins, there's signals and stuff. But at least, you know, you, you might get beamed, but you're not going to get hit in your head, <laughs> you know, nine... Point nine times yeah, out of ten. Yeah, right? and, and, and that's so. just you, when, <laughs> when you guys hear that, I want you to hear that this this dude is talking about getting pile drived into hard surfaces and still having to have the wherewithal to get back up right. and know what ten other people are mm-hmm. doing while you sitting at home on your couch eating Fritos, calling <laughs> that dude a bum because he missed a pass right. or something. And then right? you got to deal with the media after. Man. You got to answer questions yes. in a really insightful, concise, articulate way. Yeah. After your bell's been rung, exactly. And you can't lose it, or else you're gonna get booed, or you're you're gonna get canceled or you know it's a lot of different responsibilities that uh people don't ever think about yeah people don't think about i love you for shedding shedding light on that man that's so dope um okay so you leave school early Mm -hmm. and you get drafted in the sixth round Mm -hmm. by the lions the lions so you go to the lions Mm -hmm. did you make team the first year as uh well here's what happened is they lions usually carry two quarterbacks i was a third quarterback they wanted to put me on the practice squad and pay me the normal salary. Mm-hmm. So it was basically like I'm, and I would still travel. So I'm basically just a bonus quarterback. It's yeah. a loophole that a lot of teams do. Mm-hmm. Just in case the starter gets stomach flu, they say, okay, you're, you're, you're here, you're dressing. Yeah. Um, but I got claimed by the Panthers. Um, so I went to Carolina. I spent half the season at Carolina. Carolina tried to do the same thing because mm-hmm. a lot of weird injuries happened on, on the roster. John, the Lions, the Lions claimed me back to Detroit. Yeah, um, and then at some point this season they tried to do that again. Mm-hmm. Then the Colts claimed, or the the Colts signed me to their roster, to their active roster. So it was a, a lot of different teams. And then I was in the Colts. I actually got injured. Um, I hurt my spine when I was in the Colts. Um, I still, you know, was on the IR. Um, but then after after that season, after my next season with the Colts. Um, I couldn't pass the physical. Yeah, I literally, it was like I, 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 I still felt I, I had back surgery, of course, and I, I couldn't, still couldn't pass the physical after that. Yeah. Months and months after that. Yeah, and um, I had already restarted my degree again. I was almost done. I was like, you know what? Let me keep rehabbing, but let me also think about these other thoughts that have been rolling, rolling around my head for yeah. years and years. Creative thoughts. Yeah. Productive thoughts, and foster those. Um, and that's how I got eventually got into screenwriting, and I got a jo- I got a small job at like MGM at a studio reading mm-hmm. scripts and stuff. Yeah, kind of like a mailroom kind of thing. Yeah, um, got to USC, made a lot of weird connections through that, and then yeah, now I've been working on scripts and you know both at USC and outside of it. So yeah, it's um it's been a whirlwind of stuff. It's like a, it's a, it's almost feels like it's a simulation. It's just yeah. That's you know, man, it's, but it's been fun. That's really dope. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I want to before I go to the USC and mm-hmm. the screenwriting. Uh. One last thing about football for you. So, what do you think is the biggest difference from a guy who's a third team mm-hmm. quarterback, second team quarterback, right. first different, first quarter, first team? What mm-hmm. What separates those guys? How and do mm-hmm. you think the injuries 
kept you from getting right. to where you really mm-hmm. wanted to be? Or was yeah. it something that it just wasn't meant to be? It wasn't going to be? I think uh, a, a big factor is like situation. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of it is luck. I, I firmly believe that a lot of it is just like ending up in the right offense for you, the right situation. Um, and obviously like draft status, draft position. It's I mean, there's a lot of different factors, yeah. obviously. There's, there's a lot of guys you look at, you know, if they ended up in certain systems, they might have had better careers. Or if a lot of guys who ended up in good systems, you think, oh, if they were on, uh, I don't know, the Browns uh, four years ago, they might not have had the careers they've had. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it's luck. A lot of it is like, you know, staying healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I could have, I wish I could have found, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to stay healthy in football, but my last season of college, there was a lot of different injuries that kept me actually, it, it, that hindered me when I did come out and I did go through the combine process and I yeah. couldn't run at my pro day. I couldn't do some of these drills, you know, that kind of like dropped me, it dropped my draft status down a little bit yeah. to where I did end up in a place that wasn't in need of a, of three quarterbacks, you know, there were, yeah. th- where, there, where there's other teams that you're usually drafting higher or drafting at the top that might have na- have needed three quarterbacks or the backup might not have been a, a veteran, might have been a new guy or yeah. a free agent. That It might have been more con- conducive to an opportunity, yeah. I guess, if that makes sense. No, I, it makes, you know? makes great sense. I hear you. So, um, so you're done with the NFL, mm-hmm. and then you get back to – so writing. Mm-hmm. Is writing – your passion now is that like yeah. your your love? Why? Like what what cultivated that and, and why why I mean, is it? Just growing up, I you know I, I always loved storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to like kids in the neighborhood at my Encino house. They come over and we light the campfire. And I would tell stories. I like, just make them up. <laughs> yeah. you know, I I love reading like Stephen King and um, you know even short stories and stuff like that. Growing up, um, and obviously like my mom, she has a Midwest background and mid- storytelling is very big mm-hmm. in like the sticks and the booms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Midwest. Yeah. Um, and I always noticed that in school, like writing was like the only thing that came really easy to me. Mm-hmm. Like I could write 10 page essays the night before they're due at Crest Week, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And, and then I, I always had these ideas and, and um, ideas for stories that were almost like allegorical to some of like the stresses and hardships I was going through at the time mm-hmm. that I always thought like that could be a cool story or maybe I could somehow turn my current situation into yeah some kind of narrative yeah um and then I just decided wait why not just start outlining stuff and I started talking to my dad because I never really like I mean I would read his scripts but I never really talked to him in depth about it mm-hmm. um and I also I love movies I love like you know I love westerns and crime and noir I love video games as well yeah. you know I'll Call of Duty franchise, those are some of the coolest stories, stories yeah, ever, yeah. right? <laughs> the campaign mode. So then from there, I was like, okay, let me actually try to get serious about it. I was already injured. My back, I was bedridden for a couple of weeks. So I was like, let me just start outlining all these stories. Um, and from there, I don't know. It's just like something that was like the universe spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept it going, kept it going, kept, you know, stayed kinetic, kept this inertia going. And eventually it led to, yeah, weird opportunities that, that just were fortuitous to me, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, and and now yeah. you're at USC, and you're mm-hmm. still you're you're getting your master's in yeah. in what? In writing for film and writing TV. Writing for film and yeah. TV. Man, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And yeah. and you, I just saw something it was a Nichols Award or what? Yeah. So what? Explain that. So it's um the way I I'd, I'd explain it is it's the Academy's version of uh, literary Hunger Games. Okay. So it's 
close to it's over eight thousand riders every year. A yeah. lot of it's and if you're planning this, you better be talented. Huh. This is like a really it's a the the judging process, the vetting process is the most intense of all of them. Yeah. Um. So out of the eight thousand plus scripts, they choose the top three fifty for the Ooh. quarterfinals. Now I'm on to the semis. Now vying for the finals, which is the top one fifty scripts. Wow. Um. And from there, if you make it into the finals, um, you you get named as a part of the fel- uh, named a part of the fellowship, meaning you get an industry mentor, probably some producer, executive producer, yeah, writer. Yeah. You know, it's also good for networking. It's also just like the semifinals. All this is a good vetting process for studios. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, studios and producers and production companies to find their next scripts because they know, oh, if if it's made it through this, that means because people hate reading stuff in this industry. It's yeah. like. Impossible. Especially if it's bad. Especially if it's bad, right. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible to get people to even read the first five pages of a script because there's just, especially over the course of the pandemic, mm-hmm. there's been so many people who've just started writing and, you know, watching Avengers and Deadpool and all these things thinking, hey, let me just write a movie script. So now it's like, it's more saturated saturated and competitive than it's ever been. Yeah. But through like the Blacklist, through uh, the Academy, the you know, the Academy Nickel uh, Fellowship, Studios are able to like vet which scripts are actually built yeah. different. Like, yeah, whether yeah. they actually matter. Like, yeah, <laughs> if we should even you know? read this damn thing. Yeah. Now, is it the script that you sent to me that that you're pushing through here, or no, is it that, something else? It's a different one. It's actually my first script that I wrote at USC. Oh, dope. Um, it's a it's it's a western. It's a revisionist western. Um, it's about a former black cavalry man and a female Comanche tracker who get pinned together against their will. Basically, to, to go hunt down this like crazed, uh, f- this lunatic of a former cavalry commander. It's 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 similar to uh, Apocalypse Now. Okay. Where they're kind of on this journey in the madness to go hunt down this crazed commander. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of got his cult of former cavalry men deep in like Louisiana, so they got to track across Texas to find this guy. And um, I'm not gonna ruin the ending. Yeah. Just yeah. in case it comes, it uh, makes it through. It makes one it day. through. It's gonna make it through. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a mix. It, it's kind of got some revenant. Feels um, oh, man. a little bit of like you know, it, and it kind of has that that uh, True Detective season one kind of vibe of like this Native American who and this black former cavalry man who's uh, extremely Christian from that like they're both from opposite worldviews. Mm-hmm. They're both contrast throughout, but they come together, they get over their indifferences to stop hate essentially to to find this killer. Man, um, so we'll dope. see, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, and I put my heart and soul into it. It's yeah. Like, it's one of those scripts that like I had to put down after I stopped writing. I was like, let me just like, let me just get it all out. Let yeah, me just yeah. like, yeah, relax for a week, you know. Man, so man, we'll I, see. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear mm-hmm. that you are pursuing, you know, your yeah. passions. I, I mm-hmm. think it's dope because, hell, I, I say it all the time. Is people are lucky to find right. a passion. Hell, you found two. You know what I mean? Right. You had football and then right. you had your writing and that's mm-hmm. so dope, man. And good luck with the Nickel Fellowship. I hope you get there and mm-hmm. then we make it all happen. Yeah, hopefully, and, right? And hopefully the script you yeah. sent me, we get that made we too. We get that made too. Hopefully, hopefully, that, hopefully that, like, that's the next domino. Yeah, and, uh, you know? yeah, man. But, yeah, I, so. yo, and, but one thing I want to, before we mm-hmm. leave, um, I want to ask you about name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. and mm. college players being paid or not. What are your thoughts on it? I have mixed thoughts on it because um, originally I thought what everyone was vying for was a fixed salary because these coaches get fixed salaries. Obviously, there's bonuses and stuff. Um, but I'm all for players being able to benefit. My only worry is, is it going to only make the Bamas and the Clemsons that much better? Because here's one thing is Bama, they have a huge fan base, worldwide fan base now. Clemson, the same thing. 
some of their players are making six, seven figures, right? Mm-hmm. So theoretically, who's to say that Bama, Clemson, could have all 22 starters listed as walk-ons because they're all making way more money than the scholarship accounts for, six yeah. figures, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the Bama quarterback actually paid, one of the quarterbacks paid his O-line a salary, right? So who's to say that you could have 22 guys making six figures and then with those remaining scholarships that are left, have 22 more savages waiting in line or 22 more guys that you usually wouldn't be able to recruit Mm -hmm. in the pipeline, right? Whereas a school like, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, San Jose State or even like, you know, the the smaller, the Dukes of the world, you know, North Carolina, they're going to struggle because like obviously I'm sure the quarterbacks can make some money, star player, star receiver, but they're not going to be able to find NIL deals for their linemen, for their DNs, right? So it's like that's where I wonder, like that's where it dips into a gray area. Yeah. And I'm I'm with you 100%, man, because I feel, Mm -hmm. I've always been an advocate for paying players. Um, I feel like, these dudes, you, know, you guys, myself, when I was playing ball mm-hmm. back in the day, like it's a job, man. Yeah, it really is a job. And like on top you said, of school, on top of school, <laughs> you said you couldn't even actually pursue the major you wanted no. to do because of mm-hmm. the sport, right? Right. And you're sitting there bringing in revenue for this school, right. and you're a part of people's entertainment. Right. Like some of these people's four years is tied in. They're they're I going do. to school. They're tied into right. what you do. Right. right, they're there because oh, mm-hmm. they're part of this school now, and they want this tradition. Right. And you're adding to that tradition. These guys should get some money, man. And yeah. I feel like name, image, and likeness is cool, mm-hmm. but it, for me, it's just another way of the school not having to pay the players. Right, and right, which is like like we wanted fixed exactly. salaries, fixed incomes, yeah. and it's it also sucks for a lot of the players because sure you're there, you get free education. People say, oh, don't you know you're getting a free four year tuition. But at the same time, your experience isn't the same as what someone pays for because you can't get internships. You can't find extra jobs. You yeah. can't network as well as the other kids in fraternities or yeah. sororities. Yeah. You're in the facility all day. Yeah. So it's not the same because I know a lot of guys who get out of school or who have pursued this dream you know, for 16 years, their, their whole life. Yeah. And when it ends, well, they've made no connections. They've never interned. They've never... Knowing what it's like to use X, Microsoft Excel or have to print things, get people coffee. They've never had to do that. So it's yeah. like no matter what, you're going to be four years, five years, six years behind a lot of these kids who grew up privileged or grew up in the fraternities and had the internships, you know. Yeah, so that, that's another point that no one really yeah. shines a light on. Yeah. Yo, you know? it's been a pleasure, man, getting to talk to you, finally meeting yeah. you in person, brother. You are extremely bright, man. Um, and I'm glad to see athletes ain't just athletes man they got other things they doing and this dude is on his way man he gonna be making hollywood blockbusters soon can't wait to see it my man bradley kaya thank you so much for joining us brother for having me yo you've been listening to i'm probably right blue check diaries bradley kaya thank you so much for coming through kevin cleland thank you for running the boards engineering the show producing y'all stay up we'll see you next week rate us review us subscribe leave a comment but don't be hating i'm out peace Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.